The Pilgrimage of the Heart podcast is brought to you by PYO.Yoga, an online studio for all your yoga needs, including videos in Spanish and Russian. This podcast is also brought to you by Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga, located in San Diego and serving over 1,000 yogis a week. Hi, this is Sujantra. Join me now and every week as we explore yogic philosophy and apply it to our daily lives. Okay, so I thought tonight for the philosophy I would talk about um, spiritual teachers unless... Um, uh, we'll talk about spiritual teachers and then a second topic that I'll tie in. And um, does anyone have a second topic you're interested in exploring tonight? Any second topic? We can. Okay, so Pujari's um, suggesting to explore a little bit of the philosophy in the Bhagavad Gita which is one of the ancient books of Indian philosophy, and it's the dialogue between Krishna and Arjuna, and in it is the statement, um, can you say it again, Pujari? You have the right to act, but not to the fruits thereof. Okay, so you have the right to act, but not to the fruits thereof. And so, let's start with that, and that ties into the idea of karma yoga, So in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is trying to help his disciple, Arjuna, to take on a very challenging task. It's something the disciple does not want to do, um, but in the big picture of things, it's something the disciple needs to do. And the parallel could be as simple as overcoming your own insecurity. So life is trying to help you overcome insecurity or become more confident or whatever it is you need to transcend or or do in life. And life is trying to nudge you along, but we know how easy it is to uh, slink away from our responsibility or to postpone it or pretend we're not hearing life. Or in this case, because Arjuna has a teacher, the teacher is speaking directly to him. And so he's trying to get him to see reality at a deeper level, is what Krishna is trying to do to help Arjuna take on the task. And so in that, he tells him about three types of yoga. Karma yoga, which is the yoga of action. Bhakti yoga, which is the yoga of love and yana yoga, which is the yoga of knowledge. So through each of those, he he explains that system of yoga to try to help the disciple see life at a deeper reality. And so the specifics of the karma yoga is the, Krishna presents the idea that in life, do, like take on the challenges that life gives you, take action, and try to get your joy and your satisfaction from doing what you feel in your heart is most important. 
and don't let your sense of satisfaction rest on a particular outcome. So that's why he says you have the right to act. You know, that's, your, that's the thing you can do in life, but don't expect certain results because the results are so far out of our hands in life because there's so many other factors going on in life and in people's lives and in society. So a good example would be um, for myself, let's say I really want to share meditation with people. I want to teach as many people to meditate as I can. So I have that yearning, I organize a big, I organize a class, I would love it if like 100 people came. So I get myself ready, and then when I arrive, there's like three people. And if my sense of satisfaction is depending on 100 people coming and them loving it, then I'm putting my, my sense of satisfaction on the results. First of all, on life bringing 100 people, and secondly, on them enjoying it. So one of the things I learned the most from in, in terms of teaching meditation um, was I was teaching a class one time, it was probably like 25 years ago, and there was a group of about 10 people and one guy came in and he was like well-dressed and I had a little chat with him before. He seemed like a super nice guy. And the class started and um, he just started like shaking his head like this the whole time. <laughs> Everything I said, well, for the first 10 minutes and then he like got up and left. And my impression of him when we, I talked and everything was, hey, this is a really well-balanced, great guy. I'm glad he's at the class. And then he basically rejected it. He didn't want any part of it. And so if my sense of satisfaction in my action is that other people have a certain reaction, then that, that, that's leaving my satisfaction to all these factors that I ha have no control over. What I have control over is my intention, my action, but then the results or the fruits of it, that's the idea of the karma yoga, is you're, you're letting go of that. <clears throat> now the same can be applied also to your own meditation practice. So you, your action is, okay, let me get my meditation area organized, it's looking good, wake up, you know, don't eat too much before, sit down, go through the different techniques. So that's your action. Now, if you can let go of expectation for a certain thing to happen, even the idea of having peace, because you might sit down and meditate and these different thoughts are going through your mind and you're getting frustrated because you're feeling, oh, I didn't want to have thoughts this morning, I wanted to feel really peaceful, and then you get all discombobulated and frustrated. Whereas if you accept what occurs, so you did everything you could, you're sitting down, you're doing these practice, all these thoughts are coming in. The, the karma yoga idea, or the, the letting go of attachment, would be accepting the thoughts that are coming in and realizing maybe there's something you need to learn about yourself. 
or something, an awareness you need to gain through these thoughts that are coming in. Because you're doing your part, but you're not getting the result you expected. But maybe in the result you're getting is where the learning will occur rather than life giving you what you wanted. So that, that ties in with the, um, the karma yoga. And also in relationships is a big one. Because in relationships, oftentimes it's a, um, a give and a take situation. You know, I'm going to do this. And even though you might not say it, like, here's what I'm expecting back. And then if it doesn't come back, there's frustration. Whereas if you're coming from a point of unconditional love or um, pure self-giving, then you get joy just by offering what you offer into the relationship. And based on what comes back, you might decide, well, this isn't a relationship I want to be in. But that's a lot different than being frustrated and angry at someone. So doing your action, observing what happens in life, and then learning from it, rather than being frustrated that things didn't go the way you wanted. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so in the in the writing in the in the um, Sri Chamoy writes, a spiritual teacher says, "Here is the key. It will open the safe where your treasure is hidden. It is not the teacher's safe. It is your safe, all yours. The treasure is within you." but you have unfortunately misplaced the key that will unlock the safe where the diamond is kept. And so I would say that one of the main transformations that occurred um, slash continues to occur in, in connecting with a spiritual teacher is that In the beginning, I was 18 years old, and the things I was reading were stories of, of teachers and disciples, whether it's in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, or the Old Testament, or books of Zen, and and the basic premise is you're looking for something, and the teacher has it, and somehow the teacher can give it to you. <clears throat> You know, whether they say that certain thing or they have a certain mantra or they're able to um, convey energy to you somehow. So the idea is that one is searching and one has to find uh, the person that can, they, they can get the thing from, the peace or the joy. <clears throat> and that is as he says in the writing, that um, you've lost the, we've lost the key. So spiritual philosophy or our own intuition tells us I ha there is peace, but I've, I've lost it. And so we look, you look outward to the teacher to get it. Then the teacher, my teacher, anyone's teacher, is going to give you certain 
uh, techniques or certain a mantra or something, whether it's a teaching or a mantra or whatever it is, that is, um, is a key. <clears throat> and so, and there's all these different levels people go through. So a beginning seeker that just meets their guru, you know, is all, um, what's the word for it? The, um, the outer guru is the answer. Then at a certain point, the teacher is able to give you the key. Teacher understands you, whatever, they give you a key. And the key could be a mantra. Or the key could be to work on your sincerity. The key could be to do karma yoga, whatever it is. And you trust the teacher, so you start to um, do the practice. And then at a certain point, you start to realize what Sri Chimoy says It is not the teacher's safe. It is your safe, all yours. The treasure is within you. And so as you start to practice and you start to make progress, you start to realize that what you were searching for was inside of you the whole time. That it actually wasn't inside the teacher or it wasn't that there was a magic formula that made it happen. That it was always within you. And then the journey is um, un uncovering that. So you encounter a teacher, the teacher, also just finding a teacher gives you hope. Because maybe you look at yourself and think, boy, I'm a mess. I've lied to all these people. I've done this trickery in life. I've just, you know, my life's a shambles. And you meet a teacher who's peaceful and calm, and you're like, wow, okay, I've found an, the answer, there is someone in life who's really peaceful and, and has this energy. You start to work with the teacher. Eventually, the teacher is able to give you the key, give you a key. You find it in your meditation or through the writings. Then you start to practice, and then you realize, oh, the, you know, it's inside me. So it's kind of, in general, you could say there's, there's a few steps you go through there in the journey um, with the teacher. And so that's, I think, a, the big like transformation arc in, um, in the journey with the student and the teacher. And a key, a key point in that is finding a teacher that you have confidence in. So as I said in the meditation earlier, I, before I met my teacher, I went to some different meditation groups. The experiences were unique and knew, but they weren't necessarily, I knew they weren't what I was actually looking for. But then once you find a teacher that you have confidence in, then you really need to concentrate on their teachings. And when you do, then you start to find that key. Yeah, Jerry. Basically the feeling from the meditation. So I found one of his books. So before I ever met him, I was reading one of his books. And everything I was reading in the book was giving me that in inner encouragement. It was affirming um, or expanding my sense of hope that, there, that I was going to be able to figure out a way out of um, the quagmire of my own mind. Yeah, Al? Does the teacher have to necessarily become the Mm. 
I don't know of any beaches in San Diego, uh, let alone America, if you build a good one here in India or Kuwait. How do these farmers do so? Where do you start to look? Well, first of all, you look, you start with your own sincerity. You know, you, 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 you um, spend some time really focusing in on determining what you're searching for. And then your own sincerity will bring, in that sincerity, in that search, a teacher will, will come into your life. And so um, in answer to the first question, I don't think a teacher has to be living because the consciousness of a teacher exists in their writings, it exists in their music, it exists in their teachings. And so before um, I ever connected with Sri Chinmoy, like as a child, I felt I connected with Jesus. And not like, you know, the big <laughs> miracle of encountering the burning bush in my neighborhood, but just the experience of a real sweetness and a feeling from reading the Gospels and the, tea and the life of Jesus and the interaction with his students. I felt like that energy was something I could definitely connect with and it gave me a guidance in my journey. And then, yes, I did eventually encounter a living teacher. So, um, but I think it can definitely be, um, it, it can definitely be a teacher who's no longer living but you're able to connect with their energy. Did you work with that teacher through someone who Right. Um, I would say you would learn through people. I, I, well, let's, I, yeah, you would learn through people who, learn, who knew the teacher. Because then, then you're getting not only their teachings, but you're getting the direct um, experience of people who knew the teacher, which can help. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a magnet. So the idea that um, your own heart sincerity, your own heart opening, and that um, searching, that yearning is like a magnet and it's going to bring to you the thing that you, the thing or the person or the teachings or the book that you need for the next step in your journey. And so trusting in that, in that magnet and by coming to a general meditation class like this, you all, you know, deepen that, that ability to connect with your heart, to, exp to intensify that um, dimension of yourself and then, like I said, like a magnet that'll come to you. Okay, good, so um, good philosophy tonight, everything from uh, the Bhagavad Gita to our own hearts. All right, so uh, thank you everyone and hope to see you next Tuesday. Namaste. Thanks for joining us. This has been a production of Pilgrimage of the Heart Yoga. Join us at our studios here in San Diego or visit us online at pyo.yoga. Namaste. Namaste.